Welcome to Challenging Paradigm X. I am Xerxes Washungir and in my podcast I interview people who challenge the status quo. In this episode my guest will talk about shit, our fecal matter and gut microbiome, why fecal matter trade will be the future of health, how the corona pandemic could be solved by fecal matter transplants, how you can transfer your level of health to another person and become a next-level health influencer, why we need a dashboard to the human body, and why all personal health data should be public. My guest today is Sequoia Ladell Velez. I met Sequoia at TEDx Klagenfurt, where we both were speakers. I was intrigued by his talk, and that's why I invited him today. Sequoia is the founder of a health company called Eden. Eden builds an ecosystem around the microbiome and a dashboard for the human body, for biohacking or health. So literally, this shit is unreal. Decide for yourself if Sequoia is a visionary genius or simply a madman. Stay tuned. Hi, my name is Xerxes, and uh, today I'm here with Sequoia Ladell Velez. Sequoia, could you please introduce yourself and uh, tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. Thanks for having me here. Uh, my name is Sequoia. I'm a digital shaman, clinical herbalist, and my background is in psychology and nutrition. What I typically do is I work in a microbiome space. I really focus on nutrition and bringing together an, an entire ecosystem around the medical field. At the moment, we're really focused on metrics, um, really trying to understand everything that's happening with you and your entire environment, as well as trying to create a dashboard for the human body. And why do you do what you do? I do what I do because I have a passion for helping other people. I really enjoy seeing people be at their best. I, in my younger age, as a child or in my adolescence, I had what's called lead poisoning. And this lead poisoning, as a child, I had to learn how to walk. I had to learn how to talk properly. And I was often made fun of in school and, and really, really bullied. But it just really brought me a lot of insights of not being able to speak properly and just to be an observer, just really observing everything. As I got older, I really didn't mind healthcare too much. And as an American, we didn't really focus so much on health as like a big priority or a big topic. I started, I became vegan. And when I moved to Austria, I seen that the healthcare system was completely different. We had to put in our money and our resources into the healthcare system, which I was completely against. And it wasn't until I felt this pain in my right arm that just felt like a slight muscle ache, as if I had um, done a workout of some sort. And okay. I wanted to go to the hospital and actually I did go to the hospital. And what they noticed is that I have 14 blood clots in my right arm. Now I was completely surprised because I was completely healthy. There were no other indications that something was wrong. And then they later found out that I had a blood clot that went to my brain as well. And so they didn't understand the real reason why all of these symptoms and had, had came into to play 
and, and with my health. And um, still to this day, there was no real way of diagnosing this. So I decided to shift my focus more from nutrition, more from the psychology and uh, more from this um, natural, holistic way of helping people and moving that into a digital field, which is why I say digital shamanism and really looking at what is it that happens within our bodies that will give us the, the opportunity to heal ourselves? You know, so that's one of the reasons why I decided to dive deep within the entire ecosystem of our environment, of our medicines, of our microbiome, what within our microbes is allowing us to be at our best. Would you say that this situation with the blood clots uh, was a turning, turning point in your life or is there any other point in your life that you feel like had a major impact on what you do today and uh, basically the way you think, uh, the way you do your business and so on? In hindsight, yes. I would say my grandmother when she passed away when I was 18 years old. She passed away from a heart attack. She was only 50 years old. But these are the things that can be ultimately prevented. But we have this way of looking at things that a linear old version of taking care of your health, which is just to read something off of the Internet. And so that played a, a big role in my life. Other than that, what happened with me was just eye opening as to why we don't have better systems. I mean, here we 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 know the systems of our computers. We know the details, how they work, how to upgrade the software. The same with our vehicles. Yeah. How to change the engine, the oil, the gas, how to update something. We even have this dashboard inside of a vehicle, how fast we're going, when the check engine light comes on. And so why can't we do that with the entire, you know, our bodies? And that's something that we really heavily are investigating and looking at so we can, you know, keep these these impacts from from happening with anyone else. Okay. All right. Your field basically is uh, health. My field biology. is health. Yes. Biology. What else is it? it goes into neuroscience. I, I try to stay stay away out of the neuroscience. All of that, although all of those components are are necessary. And that's a field that I don't fully understand too much. However, I do understand that the gut microbes have a huge impact on the brain and the way that we think with our with our emotions and the way that we feel. You know, the correlation also between those that have Alzheimer's disease, for example, there's a major correlation with the with the gut microbiome completely malfunctioning and out of order as well as when a okay. child um, is sick or has you know a specific disease or is born with something very often you see the case that they have this malfunctioning within their gut microbiome so I, I'd like to say that the the gut microbes are almost like the logical uh, the logic of a system of a computer without that functioning correctly the rest of the body can't function correctly And just so everyone has a bit of an understanding of what the gut microbiome is, it's trillions and trillions of gut bacteria that are responsible for protecting your immune system. Okay, can you elaborate on that? Sure. So in a human body, 10%, I believe they say it's roughly around 10% 
of our body is human and the rest of it is alien. And so I, I'd like to say that 90% of our gut microbiome is more expressive as DNA. And so we have all of this alien DNA within us. Alien means just unknown. We have all of this alien DNA within us that we don't fully understand how it functions. And so when you see different things happen around health, it's typically coded there within the gut microbes. And so when there's something that goes wrong, like the blood clots in my example, there was a signal within my gut microbes that says, hey, we're trying to notify this guy. It's not that my gut microbes are turning against me yet, but they're trying to warn me, hey, you're not feeding us as, as far as our nutrition, what we need. So the same thing happens with people that have heart attacks. If people are not listening to their gut, what happens is, is the gut microbes send off something to the body or a great example, MATO, uh, which is responsible for blocking up the, 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 the veins and clotting the veins, which eventually yeah. lead to a heart attack. So all in all, it's about listening to your gut and understanding what your body is trying to say to you. Okay, very interesting. So would you say this is also where, where the phrase listen to your gut comes from? Absolutely. And it's really interesting to, to see that they've been talking about this for thousands of years. But since modern day medicine has come into play, we've kind of forgotten how to really listen to our gut with the television that we watch all the time, with all the entertainment that's out there. We've forgotten to listen to the one true thing. And that's just the vehicles that we are. Well, what comes to my mind, uh, because I'm originally Persian, and actually there, we, when we talk about our heart, uh, that we are in love and everything, we, we actually don't use the term heart, but we mm -hmm. use the term gut. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. Huh? That's very interesting. very interesting. So, yeah. So I, I don't say I love you for my heart. I say I love you for my gut. Uh, that's that's so, really interesting because it, that's you know, language. Huh? Absolutely. I think that's that's a nice feeling because it shows how in tune, you know, everyone is. And it shows from a cultural standpoint, from that point of view, knowing that emotions tend to come from your gut, like depression as well. Right. And so yeah. when people often feel depressed, you know, it's it's coming from their gut. And that very often is connected to the lack of proper nutrition. Of course, the outside environment from the way that you think, which plays a, a, an important role, which is why meditation is very important to to stabilizing or balancing your gut as well. OK, so. Can you elaborate on that? How is uh, meditation, for example, connected? So it's, it's shown in, in recent studies that people that very often do meditation that have gut issues tend to lower that, those inflammation levels. And so very often when people have these stomach issues where they can't consume food properly, if they do about a five to 10 minute meditation before eating, then everything is settled and they can digest their food properly. And that's just one case scenario. Obviously, I mean, we can go a lot deeper into to aspects of meditations that, that have been done by Brahmins back then, where they talk about the chakras and how everything is centered in that area. But, you know, I like to look at science as well as the holistic approaches and see how we can merge those two to bring a balance between, again, the shamanistic world and also this digital uh, world that we live in. And scientific world. Correct. Okay. All right. Let's see.
Very interesting. Also, when you said uh, 90% of the body is alien, what do you mean by that? So it, it, it's not me who says that. This is typical science. It, it's roughly around, you know, there's there's some discrepancies there. Some people say it's 50-50. Some people say that it's 80-20. And so, you know, all in all, just majority of the body is is alien being unknown, undiscovered. We have yet to really, you know, dive deep and, and understand these these foreign aspects that have a huge play within our immune system. So a great example is if we look at blood work. For the past, you know, a few deca decades, we've really just looked into blood work, the DNA of blood. But when we talk about the foreign aspect, you, you're able to really get a deep sense of what's happening only through your microbiome, which is your poop, your shit. And so when you look at these things, you say, okay, why is this something that, uh, you know, that comes out of us, yet it plays such a huge impact in our entire immune system, our bodies, our brains, our sight, Why have we not looked deeper within that to really see, you know, how we can optimize our, our bodies in general? And so when when we say 90% alien or whatever percentage alien, which is alien, which is the majority, it's just really undiscovered. And that's something that really makes me, you know, feel good about the field that I'm in because we really get to understand this aspect of of you know, it's kind of like going on a new planet somewhere or being out into the galaxy in the universe. How can we put this puzzle together and make it a benefit for all of us to utilize? Most people look at it as kind of a disgusting or a gross thing. But when you start to understand, obviously, we don't really enjoy anything that we don't understand or 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 we have a lack of knowing of something there. And that's the same thing, you know, with with poop, you know, you smell it, you're like this is disgusting, but when you know that there's real data behind that that can benefit you as a human being and not just you, that can benefit others via fecal matter transplant, there's something really special there. And the science shows that with fecal matter transplants, you know, with the transference of them, They're, they're really beneficial for other people, given your, your current status of your health. Okay. So please explain what is a fecal matter transplant. Sure. Um, a fecal matter transplant is basically your microbiome. So let's just say um, someone goes and they go to the bathroom and they do a number two a poop you know, your microbiome. And, you know, they're a really help, healthy uh, individual. So you then take that fecal matter and you would transfer that fecal matter to someone else. Yeah. Okay. There are two ways that you can uh, transplant that. One of them would be from the other end, which is rectal. The other one would be likely an appeal form and then swallowing it and making sure that it breaks open inside of the gut. What that does then is it transfers all of those healthy gut microbes and all of your uh, majority of your DNA. And the amazing part is, is that you're able to shift the other individual's DNA. You're able to shift their microbiome. Yeah, not completely change their DNA, but you're able to shift it just enough to give them a healthy floor, a healthy environment within them. So if they had some pre-existing health conditions, 
you can help them get rid of those health conditions. And um, so let's just say someone is, is overweight or be obese. If you take the, the, the microbiome of someone who's thin, who's fit, and you transfer that over, then you see that those people, then their metabolism speeds up. And it's been noted scientifically that uh, people have been known to get rid of arthritis. They, they no longer feel this, this pain in their knuckles or in their bones anymore. People has, have lost weight. And this actually was discovered on accident. Uh, while they were doing a fecal matter transplant for IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, which is just uh, a lot of inflammation in the gut that just creates a lot of you know health issues. When they did this transfer, they did that from an unhealthy person that was overweight. A few months later, the girl that or the person that was feeling a lot better became obese or became overweight. And no matter what she did to get the weight off of her, she just kept she maintained that weight. And then when they did the studies on rats, they realized, okay, wow, there's a huge play in this. And so there's a lot of research that is that's going into this field right now. Not enough, not fast enough. And that that kind of, you know, opens up so many doorways to health and really biohacking in a completely new way. Very often right now we have this virus pandemic that's going on. And this is an exceptional um, thing that we can look at when we look at fecal matter transplants. No, let me back up a bit. When we look at microbiome and people that, you know, and I'm surprised that nobody has spoken about this solution because it's obvious. It's completely obvious for me. When you look at microbiome of a person over the age of 50, they lose um, somewhere in between 30 to 50 percent of their gut microbes, meaning that they lose these warriors that are responsible for protecting their immune system. Hmm. And um, as we get older, of course, we start to lose those microbiome diversity. But that doesn't mean that the microbiome ages. The microbiomes do not age at all. Those microbes don't age. So I'm really shocked that nobody has said, hey, we can take the fecal matter of younger, healthy people that will absolutely survive this and transfer that fecal matter to the older people to give them a fighting chance as we, you know, give them more diversity within their gut to protect their immune system. We know that it works. There's a few laws that the FDA uh, requires, which is that they're checked for a few things, that they don't have a certain gene that allows another person to become immune to certain medicines. That's one of them, as well as, you know, this this C. difficile, I believe it is, which is highly contagious and can be uh, be very problematic long term. I I completely understand that. But at this moment in, in this, you know, in any virus or pandemic like state, the trading of fecal matter, even of people that have had the virus and gotten rid of the virus, is a really great way to support people and to help them also build up an immunity completely natural and build up their immune system with a lot of strength. Okay, all right. So basically what you're saying is that a fecal matter transplant could be a solution to the coronavirus pandemic? 
I completely believe so. And I believe that fecal matter transplants are the future of health. I believe that we will we will begin trading that on platforms based on health and based on your metrics. And this is, you know, why we're looking at really exploring these metrics to help people help people. You know, uh, okay. you know, a lot of people talk about, OK, wow, what you do and putting it in the app type of format you know, they ask us, is this is this dangerous? You know, you you have all of this data on people. Well, it, it can be dangerous. Anything can be dangerous. Eating a bunch of bananas can be dangerous, but it depends on how you utilize that. Do you use yeah. those bananas or do you use that fruit to make a fruit salad or do you use it and just you abuse it? It's the same thing with sugars as well. So for us, it's about, you know, I say one thing. If you believe that healthcare should be free for everyone everywhere, then the data around that should absolutely be open to everyone, not associated with you, but associated with your attributes. And the reason for that is it can absolutely help the planet and help everyone that has the same attributes just like you. Understanding the DNA of someone on a deeper level, their gut microbes, the nutrition, you know, the way that they move, the environment that they're in, we can absolutely be this artificial intelligence. Uh, let me back up just a bit. We can actually be this natural intelligence by bringing um, all of this together as a collective, as a people that we're, we're in essence healing one another by providing abundant amount of data together that's allowing us to, to heal one another. And it's kind of like, okay. you know, it's kind of like this tree in Avatar where everyone comes together and they're connected to the, the tree AY, I believe yeah. it was. And it's like, if we all come together under this tree and we bring together our data, then we can absolutely not just change the world of health, but we can change the world of biohacking and optimizing and becoming the best versions of ourselves, live longer, trading, you know, different attributes that will make us better. So, and you have a startup in this field. Can you tell me what's what you are doing at the moment or what's the plan, what you will be doing in the future? So, yeah, we, I, I would just, you know, say we started back a few years ago and we basically we started off just with nutrition. And, you know, as time progressed forward, I realized, okay, nutrition is not going to be enough. You know, our goal was to, to really create this dashboard for the body. And that's just our complete vision. How do we create a dashboard? And nutrition is not enough. So we added another layer on top of that, which was microbiome. And when we went to the microbiome aspect, you know, this field is it can be quite difficult because you have so many people that are competing against each other, not to change the field of microbiome, but who's going to be first, who's going to be better. And again, this goes back to this collective needing to create this collective to really make a difference. So now that we've had this, you know, a few partners within the microbiome space, Okay, how can we record these metrics? And so now we're getting these health metrics and we're recording these metrics within people or programming these aspects where you can look at the heart rate and you can look at the movement, all of these things that different health kits and softwares, they, they absolutely allow. But it's about the context 
of them. And so what we're doing is we're, it's not just going to be a bunch of data that's content. This is where we get big data when we have a big data issue with, but it's going to be all of this content put within context that you can allow another person to imitate the copy. What does that look like? That looks like if I, you know, if I go to sleep at 10 o'clock in the evening, but 10, 15 minutes before I go to sleep, I do a 10 minute meditation and then I go to sleep and then I wake up at, you know, six or seven in the morning and I have a sleeping score of, let's just say, 97 percent. And we will allow other people to copy you if you want them to be able to imitate you. And what that does within this health ecosystem that we're creating will allow that potential user to make revenue by sharing their health metrics within that ecosystem and allowing someone that's just slightly lower below their level of efficiency to become more efficient by imitating your 97% sleep average, as well as the heart rate and your movements without the day. So it's not about just following the movement of people, it's about following the metrics. The same thing applies with nutrition. Although we have some things to play around with, with the with the gut bacteria, how these gut bacteria are, are shaped based on your nutrition and your movement. And so we're still playing around with how to build these algorithms correctly. And, you know, we're, it, it's been a process, but we're really happy to get to a point where our entire ecosystem is, is uh, really defined. Most people would say, ah, these these guys, they're, they're wasting their time. They've pivoted. We haven't, you know, we have pivoted, but we haven't changed the essence of what our vision is, which is okay. how do we create a dashboard for the human body? And how do we do that by creating, by encompassing this entire ecosystem that's going to make us completely better? Microbiome tests from this aspect are completely inefficient when you do one microbiome test. That's nothing because your gut microbes are constantly changing and you need to be able to understand how a person is consuming food and how their environment is and what their stress levels are like and what can potentially even help decrease those stress levels within an individual. And this is where we tie in, you know, meditation, sleep, nutrition, movement. You know, your interactions with people, what's your work life like? It's about the environment. You know, this this brings together one song for me. Uh, It's like love in the marriage, love in the marriage, you know, and it's like, what can you really bring together, you know, that creates, you know, the the proper data? You can't have one without the other in this aspect. So you have to create an entire ecosystem uh, of data to create context. And the marriage of all of this data is what creates this ultimate self-identity of who you are and who you could become. If I understand it correctly, basically you are in the microbiome field, but compared to other companies, what you do is not only do one-time microbiome testing, but you create this holistic ecosystem where microbiome testing is part of a bigger process where people track themselves the way they live. And by doing that, they basically can see how well their health is 
and if it is on a good level they can share this data anonymously and uh, help other people reach that level of health that they have is that correct so there's 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 a few things to to fit within there so microbiome testing is done one time very very often with competitors and microbiome testing should be done on a monthly basis right okay but it's way too costly to do that and it's about getting the cost down so people can do the microbiome testing on a monthly basis we have a health company that with within our ecosystem microbiome testing is there that doesn't exclude the fact that we may be working with external partners to incorporate their microbiome testing with us because again it's not about competing against these microbiome testing companies it's about saying guys we need to work together so we can make a difference in people's lives most of all rather than thinking about finances let's think about our own health let's think about our own families and what we can you know do to protect that and then share that with the rest of the world you know yeah. in adding to that you know it's we're not just looking at the microbiome but we're looking at these health metrics that people can share people can decide to not share that data with them but you shouldn't really expect anything around healthcare if you don't share this data anonymously if you choose to you can also share this publicly with people that you let choose follow you you know just as in instagram you're allowed to look at some somebody's profile or if they have it as a private profile and i you know am accepted into their private profile then i can see the data that they allow me to see so i can imitate that so we'll have three okay. different categories of of data sets at the moment where we will allow people to to if they want to allow people to follow that data then people can choose to imitate that data okay. of which they will be rewarded for in a form of a, a digital currency and so it's really important to you know not just say hey here's you know put your data out there do something different with it but allowing people to absolutely make money and be rewarded for you know great health behavior that they're passing on through an entire ecosystem and allowing people to level up so in essence in a in a nutshell that's absolutely what what i do that's correct so in a way if i understand it correctly it is that people apart from becoming healthy and healthier through that system they can become somehow health role models health influencers and uh, through achieving certain goals also Absolutely. not just get more healthy but share this uh, information this data anonymously or publicly if they want to be public health role models health influencers and also earn money through that system or tokens or correct whatever. absolutely okay I mean as we move on to a digital world with around not just digital computers and digitizing health it's going to be moving into like this digital currency which we want to make sure that we're a part of that entire ecosystem yeah. with health I think this is extremely important you know anybody can be an influencer and that means that you know someone that believes they're overweight there's always going to be someone that's even more you know overweight right and so it's important for everyone to be able to play their role within health and so let's just say there's someone who's you know 20 30 pounds or kilos more over their their weight and you know 
that person may feel like they can't be an influencer because of these these attributes that they're bringing to the ecosystem. But you better believe there's someone just a step lower than them that they're just, you know, they're, those metrics that, that that's that present within that individual is going to allow this other person at a lower level to imitate that and bring them up. And that person that thought that they never could be an influencer is then influencing this person with their metrics, with the way they sleep, with the way that they're starting to move and, and making progress. And then maybe what happens next is that person that leveled up to the same level by using those metrics is leveling up off of someone else's metrics and able to surpass that. And then maybe they have to go to that person next or to someone else within that same range within that ecosystem. So it's really finding out like the ways, how can we really benefit one another? Right now, I believe when it comes to influencing or content creators, you know, data is so biased with the way that we view beauty, with the way that we view everything with helping one another. It's just, what is the word? It's it's just, you know, hey, look at me. Hey, look at this. And within this, this is just all about taking action. It allows people to absolutely do these daily actions that b- help them become better every single day. So basically the way I understand this is, this is like a next level type of influencer where you, for example, on Instagram, show pictures of yourself after you did workout or you show the workout or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, you'll go to a level where you share not just uh, pictures and what you've done, but actually transfer your level of health to other Correct. people. Correct. Absolutely. Okay. It's, it's about the transfer of wealth. You know, I'm sorry, of health. Health. And health is wealth, you know? Yes, so exactly. that's that's really important. Health is wealth. And we'll absolutely be able to show that within uh, the ecosystem, you know, by, you know, living these, these healthy lifestyle, you can create this health and wealth within your, your life in general. And I think that that's really important is to incentivize, you know, people to do better. And if they okay. choose not to, that's fine. Right now, you okay. know, whatever action you're taking, you're not necessarily being rewarded or having anything taken away. And nobody will ever have anything taken away from them within our ecosystem. So for me, it's clear that we're moving into a future that's really kind of like a shared economy when it has to do with health. And okay. this is really, really important uh, for us to all really participate in if we want to see a real change and a real evolution and really optimize the greater aspects of who we are and what we are okay. to become. So one question also I had uh, when you said, for example, once someone is uh, 20 pounds overweight, mm-hmm. he can be an influencer for someone who, who is 30 pounds overweight, for example. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that you actually, you don't take the metrics of a person who is like a famous sports figure because that goal is too far away? You need to slowly level up. Is that correct? That's right. So you can, you can take someone, let's just say Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Or The Rock. You know, these are all people in some way. I mean, not the women, but, you know, these are all people that we somewhat really admire when it comes to their health. And it's really important to even J-Lo. Right. You know, there are people that we look up to that we say, wow, how do they age like that? 
and what are they doing? And so if we want to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger, then what would happen is maybe we say, here goes 10 people that you need to go through to be able to attain this metrics of being Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Maybe not being him physically, but imitating this lifestyle enough will eventually get you to the point that you're either the same as him or you're above him in many ways. There will be different challenges that we offer within a platform where people will be able to play um, these games and offer challenges like who can meet these challenges within a one week period. Also with partners that come to our platform, you know, whether that's Nike or Adidas, where they, they have a special challenge that people are able to go through. And I think that this is, you know, a really unique perspective of gamifying, you know, an entire platform around health and lifestyle. Sounds very interesting. A last question that I have about your your startup is because you talked about fecal matter transplants mm-hmm. before. Is this also going to be part of what you will be doing? Yeah, I think this is something that we will. We're definitely looking at moving toward in the future. And so we want to be, you know, the number one company that's helping helping people trade their fecal matter based on their health. And so essentially, you know, a lot of people have made fun and call it a shit trade, but that's kind of what it is. It's a fecal matter trade rather than a transplant and trading your health genetics. But there are things that we have to identify first because you can't just trade these genetics without knowing, you know, a a certain amount of factors that are present there. And that's kind of what's been happening when other people have been trading their fecal matter is that you don't understand their, their lifestyle and where they're going. And so I believe that the future of health also when children have issues and trading these, these, this fecal matter is really, really important. I mean, one of the first fecal matter transplants, if you will, that we receive is when we're born Right. Because it's it's not just, you know, sometimes a fecal matter, but it's the microbiome that our mother gives us when when, uh, she gives birth to us. And then these these microbes, they then grow and they influence us, you know. And so it's really important to to understand that's the very first, you know, fecal matter uh, transplant or microbiome transplant, if you will, is transferred over to us. Very often when women have the cesarean and they're cut open, these microbes don't go over the child and they very often have health issues because of the lack of transfer of this microbiome. And so in general, that's an area that we do want to go into. That's an area that we believe is going to be the the future and it's paramount for the future of health. And fecal matter transplants will absolutely do a lot for changing people and helping people become more optimal. Very interesting. Thanks for sharing that. My next question is really, what is, in your opinion, the paradigms that need to be challenged in your field in biology in biochemistry in in especially the health sector the paradigms that need to be changed are that data around health and biology should not be private it should be public if we have to pay taxes on something in general 
you know, we always, you know, the governments and whoever always want to know what is it that we're purchasing? What is it that we're doing with our money? Because they want to make sure that they're getting the right amount of money. And if we want the right amount of health within healthcare, we need the right amount of data. And so hiding and keeping this data private and thinking, ah, I don't want these people to have my data, it's the same thing that's going to kill people. And it's so important to stay alive by sharing what you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the paradigm that needs to be changed there is, is the aspect that we need to share our data as much as we can. We need to come together. We need to stop privatizing these things. The GDPR is actually holding us back more so than putting us ahead. Yeah, there are some aspects that are there that's that's there to protect us. But overall, the GDPR is, is making the bigger companies more powerful. But how do I mean that? I mean that these huge corporations had this data and they held it for a really, really long time. And then we had the GDPR come into play. So smaller companies it's difficult for them to have data and to even compete with these larger companies that have these you know, backwards business models that are taking advantage of the public. And so in, in retrospect, we really need to look at certain areas that revolve around public safety, public health, public benefit, and make sure that anything associated with that decoupling the the identity from those metrics or whatever the case may be, the data that's connected with the user and saying, here goes this health data. We need to share it publicly and put it somewhere where everyone can attach to it, that not just doctors can say, I know what to do with this data, but the public, we ourselves can say, this is what I'm going to do with my data and I have a choice over my health. And if I understand it correctly, basically the microbiome or the fecal matter that we have is somehow a big data database of our body and of our genetics. Is that correct? You nailed it. Absolutely. Okay. So basically when you talk about that data needs to be public, you also talk about the microbiome data that can be analyzed, but is not yet very much analyzed the way I understand it. Now, I mean, all health data should be okay. public every every bit, because if something happens with me, and I, as I said, with the blood clots, and these factors are put there alongside with all of my, my data or metrics within the system, and I survive that, there's a large, large window for someone else to survive the same thing, because now those metrics are put out there that can help out someone else that's going through that same thing. It's so vital that we put out these, this data out there publicly so we can help one another. And okay. again, a lot of people are gonna, may have some issues with it because they believe that their identity, identity is going to be connected with that. It's about decoupling the identity and making that user anonymous along away from that data that they deem as something that they want to be private. Please tell me, how do you envision a future? How do you imagine or reimagine a future that is going towards a better future for us as a humanity, especially in the respect of your fields? I imagine waking up in the morning, getting your health stats immediately, 
when you walk into the bathroom and you look in a mirror. Having this entire overview of knowing everything that's happening uh, within your body. Based on your gut micro microbes and the bacteria that are present, you have a list of options of meals that say, hey, these are your options that you can eat for breakfast. This is the amount of time that you have. And just really moving throughout the day effortlessly that whenever you see something is going wrong with that body or that user is experiencing uh, some type of stress or health things, that you can find the time within your algorithms to say you should meditate or if you have five minutes, here's what we're suggesting to you that you do this. And this just isn't based off of us. This is based on everyone sharing the data of what makes them better. And this is what I imagine the future to be like, that nobody has to worry about health and that when something does come up into their life or within their families, their mom, their dad, their brother, their sister, their son, their daughter, that they can say, okay, we need to result to a fecal matter transplant and we know just the place to go to and we know that that will be a solution. This is okay. what I imagine a future, future with. It's just everything is tied in and that you have a dashboard to your body rather than as of right now, we're literally the one vehicle that we have, which is the human body. We don't have a dashboard. I want you to imagine one thing. If you're driving a vehicle and the speed limit says go 90 miles per hour or kilometers per hour and you don't have the, you know, the, the dashboard in your vehicle to see how fast you're going, when you're about to run out of gas, if there's something wrong with the vehicle, you're going to feel completely uncomfortable. We should feel completely uncomfortable right now that the technologies around us have these dashboards, have all of these traits that make them better and that we don't have this. And so our mission and our goal is absolutely to bring that forward so we have a better future and we can take the power back into ourselves and say, I'm responsible for me. I'm responsible, responsible for changing these aspects that's going to optimize myself. So my final question is, when you look uh, at your future and from the perspective of your future, look back on your life, what would you like your legacy to be in the sense of what impact do you want to have had in this lifetime for humanity? Actually, it's quite simple for people to know who they are. That's it. For everyone to know exactly who they are for everyone to feel that sense of what they've become. And I believe that we can truly get there by sharing things. You know, they say sharing is a greater form of caring. And we typically limit this within our household, but expressing that because the world is our household. That's what I truly believe is, is a way that it will allow us to go deeper within ourselves. So recognizing who we are. It's a powerful message. So, yes, thank you very much, Sequoia, that you took some time. And, yeah, I'm sure you will be back at some stage again. I hope so. so wish you all the best for thank your you. for your work, uh, for your passion, I have to say, the way you talk about it and your startup. And, yeah, have a good day. Thank you for having me. All right, you have a good one. 
Thank you for staying tuned for this edition of Challenging Paradigm X. If you like this episode with Sequoia Liddell Velez, feel free to share it with your community so Sequoia's message gets spread even further. Also, please hit subscribe and if you like this podcast, you can support it through Patreon. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to contact me or write into the comment section. Next week, we are up with the next episode of Challenging Paradigm X. So until then, I wish you a great week and say ciao.